Independent yet all the same Left the labels but still following the rules Doing it their way Hey For what? We find ourselves in each other's way When all we gotta do is find a lane That's our own Cause there's enough creativity Hey, hey Cause I come from a dope man I say I come from a dope man I say we come from a dope man I say we come from a dope man It's a different world with creatives on campus where we explore all things creatives, campus culture, and community. I am your host, Brittany T, and I am so excited today to be here uh, speaking with our guest, Miss Tina Fears, who is the founder of Stage Ready LLC and the creator of the Fearless Movement, which she's going to tell us all about. Um, Tina, thank you so much for being with us today. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm definitely here for a different world. I got my, my buttons and all my merch at the Create Conference. <laughs> so I'm excited to be on with you guys this morning. Yes, yes. So let's just let's just talk a little bit about that. We met at the Create conference um down in atlanta which was absolutely amazing um and and i just want you know before we get too far ahead of ourselves you can you know just introduce yourself a little bit tell our listeners um you know a little bit about yourself your your businesses and and just whatever you want to share yeah absolutely um from tina fears i created uh stage ready llc which is a full service creative direction production casting, one-stop shop uh, where people are able to source us for their creative needs. Um, we are bi-coastal, so we are located in Atlanta, but we definitely work coast-to-coast based on you know, our clients' needs. And uh, we recently just finished producing uh, the World Natural Hair and Healthy Lifestyle event in Atlanta this past weekend, which is the largest event of its kind in wow. the Southeast. So stage ready. Uh, that is our project. Uh, that is one of our larger clients. And we are blessed to be able to subcontract people from our team to facilitate in different capacities with that event. Um, we also do, you know, some things, obviously, in the faith-based community, you know, as far as providing performance assistance for, like, the Dove Awards and Celebration of Gospel and, nice. you know, different leads like that. Because I have a background as, as a legit artist, creative singer, dancer, actor. Um, and so what I consider myself to be is the show in the business. So we're able to, you know, um, offer those services in the visual performing arts space, but then we're also able to do it on the corporate side as well by producing and planning out a lot of these big beauty events and, and our artistic events that we see around the country. Wow, that that is awesome. And and you just mentioned it briefly, but you said you're you're also an artist yourself. Tell us a little bit about that, like what creatively you do, even outside of the agency portion of your business. Um, or what you have done previously? Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, I, I, I'm a, a triple threat, you know, and uh, that's the singer, dancer, actor. So as long as I can remember, I've always been singing and dancing and tumbling and doing improv and all of that good stuff. So that really makes up who I am. You know, if you transition into maybe the past 10 to 15 years, I've been really blessed to thrive in the musical theater community. I'm a member of Actors' Equity. And um, so I've been able to do, you know, musical theater here in Atlanta and also been blessed to do some commercials for like Walmart and Ford and uh, Shoe Carnival and just some some different avenues, some, you know, popular brands that people know. So the cool thing is, you know, I never wanted to be a starving artist and uh, mm. I tapped into the space of 
multiple streams of income very early, wow. uh, as a, a, a early, early to late teen, early 20. So it's been cool to be able to kind of balance being able to uh, feed the creative Tina, the creative person, the performer, the artist, the singer, the dancer, whatever. Um, and then also be able to create a life, a comfortable lifestyle by using my business savvy to service those same peers just on the flip side of the coin. Wow. And the whole business savvy thing. Tell us about that. Is that something that you studied in college? Did you go to college or mm-hmm. was that something you just really, um, was imparted to you some other way? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I went to uh, Clark Atlanta University, go Panthers, okay. um, for probably about two and a half years. And unfortunately, I ran out of money. I ran out of money. You know, there were some things going on in my personal life and my, with, with my family and right. going to a historically, historically black college and all that comes along with that mm. um, was just something that my family could not afford. Um, and so for me, having big dreams and wanting to pursue a traditional route, there's just this fighter in Tina. Uh, that I've always had. And I was not going to allow myself to, I wasn't going to allow lack to Mm -hmm. keep me from pursuing my goals or operating at my fullest potential. Um, And so that's around the time that I started stage ready. Um, It was literally, you know, sink or swim mode. It's like, okay, sis, this college thing, especially at Clark Atlanta, you know, as expensive as our, our, our private institutions are, it just wasn't, it didn't make sense for that to happen for me. Um, and so I used that, that grind, you know, the girl behind the hustle. And I started my business. I had $100 in a dream. Um, when I was in, in college, I think I was pursuing education. But it's amazing how God orchestrates things because um, mm. being an artist and coming from a creative family, I talked about not wanting to be a starving artist. So I almost had this fear of just going to like Howard and going to like a performing art, something that was going to be solely based on the arts. I always felt like I needed to have something structured, something that mm-hmm. I could rely on, something that was going to be a guaranteed check. But look how God turned that situation around. Absolutely. Okay, school didn't work out for me. And I was forced to double back to the God-given gift that he had given me. And so the business savvy, um, I've always been somebody that's very organized, very uh analytical and structured and all that good stuff. So but I don't have the academia to support that. I have the real life, you know, receipts to back all of that good stuff up. So with a hundred dollars in a dream, I got an LLC um, and I just, you know, started uh, really volunteering my services as, you know, a creative director or, you know, organizing castings and uh, offering my assistance to different producers with their music videos. And, you know, as time went on, um, me being the performer, I knew how to get that dope shot. I knew how to tell, mm-hmm. you know, casting, no, nah, you don't need to get that girl because she's not going to read well on camera. Because remember, I'm usually that person trying to mm-hmm. read well on camera. So I was able to couple those together and snowballing, you know, many years later into having some really substantial clients, you know, under my belt. So if you talk about the business piece, um, some people just naturally have a knack for business. And understanding marketing and the culture. And I just believe that that coupled with my God giving gifts as a creative, it just kind of ended up being like this dynamic combination of what you see when you see Tina Fears, you know, out here producing these shows and producing these events today. Wow. I love that. I love that. And and I think what I'm hearing you saying and, and what I even think of while you're speaking is, you know, um, at the conference we both attended, I had the opportunity to just speak briefly with um, uh, stylist Jay Bowen and Bolin, and he was talking. Of, I asked him the very thing I'm I'm talking to you about. We were talking about like these college students who feel almost like with 
they have to wait till they get the degree in order to feel legitimate to be able to act mm-hmm. on whatever it is they're seeking to do. Or um, if if someone like similar to your own journey gets to a fork on the road where college for whatever reason financially or otherwise isn't paving out, you know, they might mm-hmm. go into this depression or funk or even like the college athlete who doesn't make it to the NFL, they go into this. Right. There's so much research that talks about these types of students who go into these depressive states and, and there's just something about the creative who's able to um, channel all of those obstacles into something that propels them forward. Um, so mm-hmm. I love just hearing, hearing you, you speak to that because I think it's so important for people to know, like, you know, even if that lane or whatever that lane is, it doesn't work out that there's still, you know, to channel that and to change, you know, take that energy and, and flip it and, and use it to, to your advantage. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's ironic you say that because uh, my husband played college basketball and um, any, anyone who specifically when you talk about the athlete, I mean, mm-hmm. that's something that, and especially if you're a scholarship, he was a scholarship division one basketball player. Um, that is, 10, 15 years of preparation to get to that space, you know? And so let's not even talk about, you know, trying to go to the NBA. What about when you get the scholarship and then you get on the team and then you're not playing, you know, so you prepared your whole, you know, high school, middle school camps and all of that to get to college, to play ball, to start, and then they're not starting you, you know? And so that space of like depression and, and not being validated or thinking you put all this work and time and energy into this is my moment you know and it doesn't happen um for me my faith my like relentless tireless uh belief that God had something greater in store regardless of how my situation wasn't shaping out the way I thought it would Mm -hmm. is the only way that I was was able to find the energy and the confidence to even pursue you know another option now for me again because there were so many things financially and emotionally happening in my family dynamic I didn't have an option. You know, Mm -hmm. my mom would say it all the time. Failure is not an option, you know? And so that's something I want to encourage these creatives that are listening to this podcast, like failure is never going to be an option. And so even though we are faced with different obstacles, it's going to be up to us to figure out how we can shift the narrative, change that narrative, you know, change that conversation into something where we're being fulfilled and we're really able to, you know, perform to our best. Um, with the things that are that we're really passionate about. I think you and I were talking briefly, you know, sometimes we go to school and then I know so many of my peers now that are thriving as professionals, but if you look back at them about five to seven years ago, they were sitting at their parents' houses twiddling their thumbs trying to figure out what they're going to do. They have these mm-hmm. degrees, they have these student loans, Sally may have called on up their phone, yes. and they're miserable because when they were in that, you know, while they were matriculating at these fabulous schools, they really had no idea what they were really passionate about and what they wanted to do. So I love that you guys are giving people, you know, uh, a safe space to kind of explore, like, what are you really passionate about? Like, what's that thing that you're getting up every single morning? Mm-hmm. And that is what's on your heart. Not that class that you're going to <laughs> and writing papers right. for. Right. But if we can start identifying earlier on what really makes us tick and, and what really gives us joy then I think we can get a jump start on kind of creating these, these pathways to success if we can identify a little bit earlier what really uh, brings us joy and what we're really great at. 
Yes. And that is just a perfect segue to talk to you about starting earlier and, and how, you know, you're even raising a son with uh, who is a creative and who already has a business and who was featured and launching, you know, uh, maybe not launching, but really just highlighting those to the creative kids that were at this create conference. Um, talk mm-hmm. to just me a little bit about your son and his business and just how that is re- raising a, a child entrepreneur who is a creative in that way. Yeah. So my son, uh, Micah Sears, he's, he's eight years old now and uh, he has his own company. Oh, my slime co and slime is something that's really popular with kids. STEM education is something that we're constantly seeing being pushed to the forefront uh, Mm -hmm. in the educational system. And um, so Micah came to my husband and I, and he wanted to make slime. And so as small as it may seem, um, one thing I can give my parents credit for was acknowledging that there was a gift very early on. Um, And so a lot of times parents, you know, your kids start drawing and coloring and singing, girl, sit down, girl, why you this is that and the other. But what we, what we do without knowing is we end up suppressing things that could ultimately be them identifying what their gift is Um, and identifying what their, yeah, what they're passionate about. So we suppress it because I mean, let's, can we really talk like generationally, African-American mm-hmm. people, our, our structure of how we, how we're parented and what the family structure and home life looks like yes. is very much, uh, identifying respect, do what you're told. Absolutely. This is how you do this. This is when you do that. I don't want to hear that, you know, and, and, and there's, and there's kudos to all of that because we're, we're very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, the respect level is very different in our culture than mm-hmm. it is in a lot of others. Mm-hmm. But as things and times evolve, as parents, we have to do our due diligence to cultivate, you know, when our kids express interest in things. And it's not always a basketball, a baseball, mm-hmm. you know, a microphone and a dance, you know. Mm-hmm. And so for us, Micah uh, is very bright. I mean, he started reading when he was about two or three years old. So we already knew very early on that he was unique. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when he said, hey, I want to make slime, we started doing this research and he begged us, he begged us, please, we were in vaca- on vacation in Destin. And so we made slime and we started researching and seeing there are not a lot of kids who look like him that are doing this. And so if you research the slime culture or just the YouTube culture for kids anyway, people are making billions of dollars on social media. So I didn't, we didn't come up in that culture of, <laughs> you know, the influencer wave and all of that. So we're bringing him up in a space that that's totally different. So me and my husband, obviously being African-American people wanting to uh, create a space for our son to thrive. He asked me like, can I sell my slime mommy? Like, you know, can, can we make more and all of this? So we went through the process just like any of these other businesses before they launch a product or a food item. I mean, it took us months to perfect his formula um, but he was very instrumental. Everything that you see from his logo to his t-shirt design, to the flavors of his slimes, to what the key, how the packaging, all of that, he was instrumental in doing that because mommy has enough businesses. Daddy has enough stuff that he's doing. So if, if we're going to do this, this had to be something that he was ultimately passionate about. And so to speak to your, your question about parenting, uh, you know, parenting a creative, um, I think just, giving your kids a space to express themselves, you know, and identifying um, what they're passionate about and and really rolling it out the right way. And so the blessing to Micah is, you know, mommy had already, you know, kind of crossed those launching a business saying, so I had already been through 
what all of that looked like. And so obviously I'm able to kind of assist him in, you know, marketing and figuring out what would be the best way to do it. But a lot of what we're doing is trial and error and we're seeing how kids and their parents are receiving his slime business and the slime tour. And, and the blessing is that it's his business. So he can stand up there and talk about why he created his slime, which is really just to give kids an alternative to screen time, you know, and to kind of get off the tablets for a moment and be creative and, you know, um, make things and work with different textures and, and all of that good stuff. So yeah, we're, we're a full, full force, you know, creative house over here. And, um, it's manifesting itself in different ways. Mine is in the performing arts. His is in the STEM, mathematics, and science area. And then the cool thing is my husband is an educator. So we're not just, you know, free, we're not freelancing over here. We're making, we're making sure we're, we're crossing our T's and dotting our I's from an educational standpoint so that everything that All My Slime is doing is just kind of legit across the board. That is so, that is just, that's mind-blowing to think of just all of the creativity flowing in that household. That is so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, just no, thank you so much for sharing that. And you hit on so much good stuff, specifically thinking about, you know, just the, the culture and the history of the black community and entrepreneurship and, you know, what can you even say to someone, maybe like a parent who has children, Mm -hmm. had a child who they do see giftings in, but just doesn't have that background or that business savviness, or even know what the first step might be in, and mm-hmm. helping that child to cultivate um, mm-hmm. those gifts or to turn it into a business. What, what's the first step for someone like that? Yeah, I think that's great. I think the first step really um, for a parent who has a child that has a passion for creating something or launching something is really doing it and scaling it, down, like scaling it. And, and what I mean by scale is um, I wouldn't say go take out a loan. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because your baby says like, hey, I want to make lollipops, you know, and I, I want to come mm-hmm. up with these flavors for lollipops. And this is what I want it to look like. I would start small. And, and that's mm-hmm. ultimately what we did. You know, OK, we're going to start small. We're going to take one hundred and fifty dollars and we're going to make you some lollipops, baby. You're going to come up with the colors. We're going to identify your logo. And mm-hmm. let's just sell them to friends and family and see what happens, because. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to have the idea, but it's another thing to start birthing that idea and you start discovering, oh, I need labels. Oh, I need, yes. how do I keep my lollipops from melting when people, when we ship them to people? Okay. Well, how much do we charge for them? Okay. You got to factor how much it costs to ship it and make sure we're going to make a profit off of it. You know, so I would always say really just start small. Mm-hmm. Um, I think start small and then also making sure that your child is not going to be, I'm on this today and off that tomorrow, you know? So it's really, when you talk about kids being into entrepreneurship, it really has to be something that your child is passionate about before parents, we start investing time and energy that we can't get back. And then they say, Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go play soccer, you know? So, um, that would be the first thing. And then the other thing is just giving yourself grace, you know, and say, Mm -hmm. Hey, we're going to try this together. And that's one thing we say with Micah, If, if Micah decides tomorrow, Hey, I'm tired of flying then we'll say, hey, it was a good ride and we go on to the next thing because they are just kids. So start small and just keep in mind they're kids, you know, and kids may be on it forever and then they may decide I'm tired of it and go on to the next thing. But you can at least say you guys were able to kind of experience that journey together. No, that's great advice. That's great advice. Um, I I think about my own journey as a kid, like, you know, thinking that I wanted to, to play the piano because I could sing well. And so I'm like, oh, this is the next thing. I, I, I have these, 
I'm very tall. I have these long fingers wanting to play the piano. And I realized that it was, it wasn't easy. It was actually something I had Mm -hmm. to practice and be diligent Mm -hmm. with. And, and I wasn't at that age. I just didn't care enough to want to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I left and and then I was playing basketball and I played soccer and I did this and I did Mm -hmm. that. And my parents really gave me that wiggle room to kind of find my way. Um, So I I love you saying even that part of just, you know, letting kids be kids to an extent um, and and not really creating this forced environment because we all know creativity doesn't really flow that well when it's just being so regulated and uh, mm-hmm. um, just the force to, to keep it doing it. So I, I love that. And I, I love the practicality of what you're saying. Um, just, just switching gears. I, I, I really wanted to get your feedback on the create conference, the create 19 experience. Um, I attend a lot of conferences and events and I just thought it was such a phenomenal experience. Um, and I know you were engaged in a way where you were, out in the front and, and, and really engaging. So I don't know if you had a chance to really go into all the different um, speaking opportunities, but what was just your overall feedback on that experience? Yeah, the CREATE conference, CREATE 19 was, was absolutely phenomenal. You know, I experienced it uh, from the perspective of, of a vendor, but then I also experienced it um, almost in, in a capacity like an attendee and many of my peers or people that I've observed in the industry were speakers at the event. And it was like almost like a homecoming in a sense, mm-hmm. because these are people who a lot of times we see them on social media and um, we encounter them at the different events and activities, but it, they really did a phenomenal job of making sure the movers and shakers who are really impacting and influencing the community uh, were in the room. And I think that that was absolutely phenomenal. The format for the conference was like like nothing I've ever seen before. And it was great because I think they really did an awesome job of just tapping into what what creativity and, and, and faith-based creativity looks like right now. You know, I can remember uh, one of my peers kind of stopped by and I said, now, have you seen a church conference like this? You know, where there's, it just, it was, it was just now. It felt like right now. You know, it felt like how people operate right now. Um, it was casual and, you know, it had a vibe to it that just had a sense of community and it was inviting and it was relevant. And I think it was a place where, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but people were inspired to go in, and create and be even better in their, in their various spaces. So I think they did a phenomenal job with that. Uh, I mean, everything from just like the courtyard area in the food trucks to just the free flowing space and just how each night culminated with these fantastic worship, unique worship experiences. You know, there was just something really organic about everything that was happening there. And that's kudos to, uh, to the leadership there um, because they took the time to pay attention to all the details. And though you have people coming from different places and spaces, ultimately, it felt like a place where creatives gathered. And I think that's, that was what their goal was. So I thought the Create Conference was absolutely phenomenal. We were honored to be, you know, the, um, a partnership sponsor for Create Kids, which was new. And I think now that we see how successful that was, you know, I think it'll be something that'll be even better because parents were able to bring their kids and be able to focus on worship and not, I got to hurry up and get home to a babysitter because they had all of that stuff provided for them. And there was programming designed for the young people. So 
they did a phenomenal job. I mean, they set the standard really high and we were just honored to be a part of it. Absolutely. I, I agree with everything. I, the leadership, I mean, it speaks so much to the people who were involved to um, put something like that together. Even when you walk in the door, like the level of hospitality, I just thought was really phenomenal. Um, so I'm excited. I'm hoping this year that we can bring some of our uh, student creatives and, and really just come down to Atlanta and be a part of that whole creative movement that I say is happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. That we're really trying to get more of over here where I'm at in the New Jersey and Philadelphia area. So thank you so much for sharing before we, before we let you go, I just want to ask you really briefly, like what inspires you? What, what gets that creative juice going for you um, to, to create? I am inspired by uh, what's happening around me. Um, I'm very much someone that's compassionate and I, maybe compassion is not the right word. I'm passionate about serving and helping others. Mm. So when I see a need, um, that inspires me to to create things. So when I started Stage Ready, I was inspired because I saw that there was a void in how the faith-based community was being perceived by the mainstream market. So my whole goal was to present music videos, you know, live performances that were equivalent, if not better than what we were seeing on MTV and BET. You know, so a lot of the artists like the Dietrich Haddens and the Mary Marys and the Ty Tributes and all of these different people who, you know, maybe 10 years ago were the first ones that were kind of considered radical in having these fly looks and, and, you know, having these dancers and choreography and all of that. That stuff wasn't happening prior to. So if you want to talk about what inspires me to create, I feel like I am inspired when I see that there's a need and that's what charges mm -hmm. me to create and develop something to meet a need. Um, and I guess that would be more so from the business side, from the Tina Fears, the artistic side. Um, I'm just inspired by whatever, I guess, again, whatever's happening around me. You know, mm -hmm. if there's um, great music being created, if there's beautiful artwork that I'm seeing, if there's like a vibe in the city that has this great space or a need for mm -hmm. collaboration, then that's what inspires me. So um, I guess in giving my answer, I'm, I'm identifying that. I'm very much a fixer, you know, and I, I'm yeah. inspired to create when I feel like there's something that needs to be fixed or developed. Mm -hmm. That's what gets my, that's what gets me going. And a lot of times collaboration is the vehicle that I use, uh, use to create. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And the fearless movement is something that um, you started, I guess, for that purpose of being able to give back to the creative community. Can you just tell us a little bit about what that movement is all about? Absolutely. Yeah, the fearless movement is something that's been kind of in the incubator process for several years. Um, and we finally launched it in February. And the fearless movement is really kind of the vehicle I'm using to share my testimony, you know, how the space that I was in, you know, when I had to leave Clark Atlanta, um, mm. really choosing not to allow lack and, and dysfunction to be the end of my story. And so the fearless movement is really um, what I'm using to serve that forgotten about group. So what happens mm. when you get past like the Toys for Tots space, you know, that 18 to, you know, 16 to maybe 21, 22, mm. where maybe there isn't a strong support system at home, you know, maybe the only money that they have is what they're using to pay for school and pay for tuition. That's the group that we're wanting to serve because that was the group that I was in, you know, so we're not like the little kids where, 
you know, you can go and pick up toys and things and gifts, but then you're not the adult because you still need help. That's who the fearless movement is looking to serve. And so that's everything from public speaking platforms, inspiration, you know, uh, providing uh, supply bags with, you know, feminine items and clothes Mm -hmm. and shoes and things like that. Just really that space where, you know, if life kind of has you down and out, um, we want you to be fearless in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. And we don't want necessities to be the reason why you can't pursue that. Because there are so many people who have greatness inside of them, but because what's happening around them is so clouded and so dark, Mm -hmm. they can't even navigate to be their best self. And so that's what I'm here to just be a light to people and say, listen, I know what it's like to be borderline homeless. I know what it's like to, you know, have to leave school cheering, you know, doing great academically. And because finances don't allow you to pursue that, you're looking at a brick wall, you know, so that's what the fearless movement is about. And uh, we're really excited to, we're believing God that we'll be able to take this, this conversation globally um, but we want to start right here in our city and, and make sure that our resources are available to uh, the young adults here. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. That is a hundred percent like something that, that, you know, the creators on campus um, lifestyle brand is really just looking to support businesses and movements like that. Because I, I think to your point, there are so many in that age group, you know, once you become an adult, it's like assume that you will just go figure life out. Yep. And it's just, it doesn't happen that way. We're all constantly trying to navigate life. And um, there's so many people who I believe are discouraged and de- depressed and, and, and giving up on dreams that no one else can see or perceive outside of themselves. And, and just to know that there are people and conferences like create, you know, movements like the fearless movement that are really routing around the creative and, and um, trying to breathe hope back into them. I I just, that makes me so excited. Um, So thank you so, so much for just sharing everything and the nuggets you've dropped, the gems you've left us with. Um, This has been such a great conversation. Can you just tell us where we can follow you, where we can um, learn more about um, Stage Ready LLC and the Fearless Movement, as well as Tina Fears, uh, the artist? Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. And it's just been a blessing to be able to share. Um, And I want to wish you well with what you're doing, because there's definitely a need for all of that you're presenting. So thank you for having me. Um, I can be reached on social media. All my social handles are the same. It's simply at. Tina Fears, that's F as in Frank, E-A-R-S, and that's on Instagram, that's on Twitter, that's on Facebook. Um, If anyone is looking to connect with me um, through maybe mentorship or just asking some questions about launching their business, um, I also always have internship opportunities with my company for like the events I just produced. You can connect at TinaFears.com, and then the website is just TinaFears.com. So if you Google Tina Fears, typically my picture will will pop up um, and then all of my information they can slide through the DM you know I always respond to those <laughs> but um, I definitely you know am just honored to have been on your podcast and look forward to just serving hopefully side by side in the future of course I, I really really look forward to that and again thank you so much we'll definitely be tuned in seeing what you have coming up and supporting however and whenever we can um, thank you so much <laughs>